0: Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The show is about to begin.
1: Welcome to the podcast, conscience that made us. Interviews and stories! Tales from the bus! We love taking you back to when it all went down, the greatest live shows and the cheering crowd sound! It's concerts! Concerts that made us! Concerts that made us.com!
2: Hey, this is up from Truth Decatur and you are listening to The Concerts That Made Us.
0: You're very welcome to Concerts That Made Us. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to have you now. I'm looking forward to diving into your music over the next bit. So you released the highly anticipated second chapter of Faded Visions on the 7th of July. What can you tell us about it?
2: Um, Well, we're very happy with the, the reception so far. Um. Was a little bit nerve wracking because we we did get a good response for for part one, and obviously you know trying to follow up anything that that did fairly well well was uh, quite a challenge. Um, but so far with with the first single that we released uh, prior to the seventh, um, it was looking good, and it was a song that uh, did well for us at at live shows. Um, so yeah, um, it, it's. Uh, Still very much a similar approach to Fate of Visions, one, uh, you know, delving into like uh, psychology of human beings and uh, what makes us tick, I suppose, in many ways. Um, And uh, yeah, but I think it was a a lot more personal this time around, whereas the part one was a bit more like of a commentary of other people. I think we dove a little bit deeper uh, within like our own personal experiences uh, this time around.
0: And how has the band evolved since the release of the first chapter?
2: Um. Well, there was one lineup change. Uh, we did end up uh, with a new bass player, uh Rens Kruger on the bass. Uh, he's definitely brought an interesting dynamic because he's a guitar player himself as well, but plays bass in the band. Um, he has a very good musical knowledge and he listens to a lot of different stuff to us. So I think that also brought a whole um, range of of new influences into the music. And also our drummer Dan on part one. Was very much in a a session capacity initially, especially in the the writing of it. So he's also definitely brought a lot of um, his influences, which are quite different to Warren and myself as well, into the band. He's into like a lot of more modern modern type metal. And, you know, you can definitely hear it in the, 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 the drums this time around, I think, in many ways.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Now it was, re- it was produced. I hope I don't butcher this name, but it was produced by Chris Zenopoulos from Fulvadinia. What was it like trying to find the right producer? And how did you manage to wrangle Chris onto the project?
2: I go firstly, just on topic of the pronunciation of his name. I'm also never sure if I get it right, but I think you you, you nailed it. <laughs> um, but, uh, well, we work with Chris on part one as well. Um, and just like the last time very good and easy experience um he's very down to earth and 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 humble and very patient for someone with his background and you know being in a successful a successful band that he's in as well there's never any ego clashes or anything like that um he's very professional though and very um uh i suppose the right word would be thorough you know so you you um we had to be very careful of our takes and you know um he doesn't hesitate sending stuff back which is a good thing because it does bring out a better product at the end of the day um but it's always a pleasure working with him and um very easygoing guy and uh also a good musical brain as well so like he he definitely brings a, a big approach to the mastering side that perhaps we wouldn't have thought of um and our drummer dan being a producer as well him and uh chris obviously work very closely on this and um Definitely made a difference uh, as opposed to part one, where yet again Dan was more in a session capacity. I think it did bring out a better product uh, at the end of the day. Oh,
0: I see, I see. And what do you think the record says about you guys as a band?
2: Uh, <laughs> um, Perhaps four very different personalities, but uh, definitely a common thread uh, between all of us. Um, and uh, I, I definitely feel you can. Uh, feel everyone's input a lot, a lot more on this one, as I said earlier. Um, you know, uh, Renz comes from a very um, sort of 90s grunge background. He's a big Soundgarden fan, full Jam fan, and so on. Dan definitely brought a, a lot of that modern elements. into it. And Warren and I are more like the, the classic guys. We we enjoy a lot of the classic thrash metal. Um, lyrically, this time around, draw was still very much Warren and myself that wrote. Uh, Warren did write a bulk of the lyrics, and he's got... Quite an interesting take on, on how he writes um, and it, it's very personal in a, a way but without giving up too much of himself but um, yeah, I, I think it's definitely four unique personalities I found a, a, a common ground so it's, I suppose that's the best I can describe it
0: <laughs> right right it definitely works anyway and I'm always Thank intrigued you. to I'm always intrigued to find out what's your favorite and least favorite part of, when it comes to creating new music.
2: Uh, okay, so for me personally, um, I enjoy writing and constructing and putting songs together. I absolutely hate the recording process. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, I really don't like it at all. Um, I, I prefer playing live. I prefer, you know, playing through a part more than its completion. Whereas with the recording process, it can be quite mundane and redundant and a lot of repetition and working on minuscule parts. But yet again, that that's for a better product at the end of the day. Um, so i definitely say that's that's my least favorite part. I think uh, Warren, in many ways as well, uh, would fall into that category. Um, ren's really seems to enjoy the recording process, and he's very quick as well. Um, so I think, yeah, in his case, it might be, or he, I think he just enjoys everything. But for me personally, yeah, um, you asked least and favorite part. So yeah, favorite part is definitely the constructing of the songs, um, seeing things come together. But yeah, the recording process—that's uh, the absolute pits, in my opinion.
0: <laughs> I hear that a lot. A lot of musicians hate the recording yeah. process. Although
2: funny, although funny enough. Sorry to, to to break there, but when it comes to the vocal part, I don't mind recording that. It's just the guitar parts that that uh, drive me nuts. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and you guys formed in
0: 2020. How did yes. this band actually come to be? Um.
2: It was literally Warren and myself, um, we were long-time friends, but we we hadn't jammed together in in years, and even before that, we weren't in anything too serious together, Uh, we've been in different bands over the years that were quite serious, but never, you know, as a unit, which is quite strange, considering we've got a a plus 20 year friendship, probably even more, Um, and uh, it was just during COVID times, you know, we were all stuck at home, I suppose, doing our thing, and... um, I'd released my my solo album, uh, and it had kind of run its course as best as it could during COVID. Um, very different to, to Truth Decay, that kind of music. It was more like ambient, uh, you know, stoner – well, not even stoner rock, like just trippy kind of stuff. Uh, but I, I just got a feeling that I wanted to play metal again, and I just wrote some parts, and I I sent them through to Orange just for interest sake, and just like, hey, what do you think of this? And then it just became like a back and forth of um, – Sharing ideas, and then eventually we thought, well, why don't we just do something with this? And that, that's at its core where where it really started. And um, I think the, the the times we were going through definitely influenced a, a lot of the lyrical writing at that point and everything. And um, I don't think we expected it would take off in any way, really. I think it, we looked at it more just as a hobby um, to look at some other musical interests. But yeah, it, it ended up being quite a pleasant surprise, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And I have to ask, what's it like being in a trash metal band in South Africa? I'd imagine it's not the biggest or the most popular genre over there.
2: Yeah, um, in my opinion, I'd say a lot of the the core stuff does really well, yeah, at the moment. Um, But not that that's hampered any success or anything like that. Um, We've done well and we've... um, i been, been blessed to play some really cool festivals and, and events and everything like that. We just finished a a tour in Cape Town now recently, which was really cool. That's like right south of South Africa. Beautiful city, though. Uh, but It was our first time playing there. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely not the most popular genre. Um, but I think the fact that we do cross over and we're not strictly thrash, we do draw a lot of um, old school death metal influence. And um, I've heard people say we've got some core, like metal core, Influences our stuff. We make sure we put some meaty breakdowns as well. Breakdowns do really well in South Africa, I'd say. Um, but the the core scene is definitely the, the the stronger thing. yo I'd say like death call, you know, that that type of thing, death call and um, anything like that. uh but we we seem to fit in well with them. Um, I don't know why. <laughs> Maybe it is because we we draw other influences. Um, Dan our drama, as I said, brings a, a lot of the more sort of modern side of it, and I think that's helped a lot as well. But um, there's not many thrash metal bands. There's a handful that there are, in my opinion, are really good. Uh, But I think I can count about four that I can think of offhand. Um, But all amazing bands, in my opinion. So, yeah.
0: That's right. And you know, right from the beginning, you had success. Your debut single earned a top position on France the Planet's Metal Madness Week competition. You won the Metal Lab UK Battle of the Bands and your debut EP received critical acclaim worldwide with positive reviews from Metal Hammer. That's just to name some of your achievements. Now, we'd be here all day if I named all of them. But, <laughs> you know, what's the secret to your success, especially in a
2: band so earlier on? Um, well, firstly, thank you for the kind words. And um, I've, I'm not too sure. Uh, I mean, we definitely still got a long way to go. And if, if you compare with the likes of some of the bigger bands, yeah, we, we've still got some work to do. But um, I think a lot of it had to do just with... um. Communicating with people as much as possible, especially like it's something we do try to If anyone drops a comment on any of our social media platforms and stuff, we try to reply as quickly as we can um, and in as honest a manner as we can, like, uh, you know, not just try and make it not just generic replies or stuff. And if we get DMs or stuff, we, you know, we try our best to um, engage with people as much as possible. And I think that definitely helped a lot. Um, we were very fortunate to get a lot of merch sales, especially internationally in the beginning. And I don't think that would have been possible if we didn't engage with people, because it would just be like, OK, well, I like this band. But if they're not chatting further, then, uh, you know, not that I'm saying that every band has to um, form, like, strong, lifelong friendships with every single person that listens to them, But I, I think that was definitely something. And um, we always try to take a, a friendly approach, you know, as, as much as we can, you know. Um So I I think that was definitely a part of it. I'm hoping that our sound had something to do with it as well, Um, at least from Fate of Visions 1 onwards, working with Chris, I think definitely made a difference because our first EP that came out, the two-track EP, was very well received for the actual music, but obviously um, it was a Rush production and everything like that. Um, But definitely stepping up from that, I think, made a difference. Uh, But yeah, I think the main thing is just try and be... As friendly as possible, like not not that that's necessarily going to bring success, but um, uh, not too sure how to word it, but just yeah, try and be as sincere as possible as we can, uh, and yeah, hopefully the, the the music did play a big part in it. I think it did. People s- seem to really enjoy and connect with it. Um, also maybe just some of the lyrical content definitely seemed to help with uh, songs like PTSD and stuff that we did. We did have a lot of people connect, whether they uh people that suffer from PTSD or any other uh, me- mental health condition, you know, they they related to it in some degree. So I think the lyrical content also to some degree might have helped. Um, also, especially in COVID times, writing about like things that people were going through at the times, um, I think could have maybe in the early days, like had some connection with people, you know, they were all going through the same shit. And if they could connect with it in some way, yeah. But that's probably that I think. <laughs>
0: Definitely, definitely. And at this stage, so we'll dive into your early influences. Now, it's a bit of a tricky one. If you can, can you remember your earliest musical memory?
2: Oh, for myself and Warren, uh, because we were friends so far back, I don't think I can remember a specific early memory, but we listened to a lot of the same music. And uh, my cousin uh, was a very big metal and and rock fan at that time, and he definitely corrupted us at an early age. So. it would probably be something like Appetite for Destruction from Guns N' Roses or Master Puppets from Metallica or any of, you know, Maiden's early albums. Uh, literally like the full-on classics. Um, so, yeah, what really caught me? Probably, probably anything by Maiden. Um, Can I Play With Madness or something like that. Um, I was just exposed to a lot of good music at a very young age. So it's not a... A pinpoint specific answer but yeah I, I was exposed to what i regard as a lot of good stuff back then and uh, it just kind of stuck <laughs> right right yeah.
0: and you know during your teenage years when you were in school and everything what sort of music were you exposed to by your peers and how do you think it influenced you as the musician you are today
2: um well there was a brief period of embarrassment um playing sports in school and and doing well with that where I suppose I might have had a, a brief jock phase um, <laughs> and then are, I wouldn't perhaps call that the best music, although I think all music shapes us to some degree. And I, I do listen to a lot more music than just metal. Uh, I think I appreciate it now more as an adult, um, but um, definitely when I got back into metal and that's very much Warren's fault again, because we sort of like cross paths again and we you know started hanging out and listening to some good music. I, I really got into Black Sabbath at that time. Um, and I know a much older band and I should have actually known him probably when I was listening to Maiden before that when I was much younger. Uh, but that definitely caught my attention again, just the uh, good riffs. And um, yeah, and and as you say, being a teenager, you know, you're going through sort of all sorts of stuff. I went through that that jock phase and got out of that. And then I think I became like uh, your typical, I don't want to say antisocial, but, you know, like uh, <laughs> along those lines as a teenager. And yeah. Um, but as I grew older, like, sort of matured into something a bit more positive, I think, where you can take, like, these negative things and bring it into, like, a, a positive atmosphere. Um, not sure if I'm answering a question 100% yet, but, like, uh, yeah, um, it definitely, you know, especially um, living in a country that has daily challenges and stuff like that as well. I think uh, the, the music can definitely channel you into... Passing the aggression in like a um, a positive manner to 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 put it that way, yeah, so, yeah, yeah.
0: I agree, I agree. And you know, as a concert goer, what
2: concerts do you think have made you? Well, there's been so many. Um, definitely enjoyed seeing Metallica for the first time. Um, I was really out of school by then, and all that got to see them a bit later. Um, Iron Maiden was definitely. A great experience but um there's one concert i remember seeing haste today many years ago not not as big as the the previous two bands that i mentioned but that was quite a strange uh experience because it was just at one of our local nightclubs uh burn Club, which legendary club here in durban but it it was like a normal metal club you know metal alternative club and um that was quite a unique experience because they they actually hung out with the fans and stuff um you know, it's not like they they weren't hanging out in the green room the whole night and everything yeah. like that. And um, that one stuck, I think. They they were just phenomenal. And, like, I think because they weren't as huge a production, the fact that they could bring that kind of sound and energy um, definitely, like, made me know that, you, you know, you could be relevant even if you're not a multi-platinum selling band or, or something like that because that one sticks in my mind despite seeing a lot of really, really big acts. Um, so, yeah, I think that was quite a special one for me, to be honest. Yeah.
0: Right, right, and you know, I in the past from speaking to musicians, I've heard about the music scene in Cape Town and Joburg, but what's the music scene like in Durban?
2: Ah, uh, very different in many ways. Um, Durban has always had a, a a venue problem. Um, we had two long-standing venues. The one that I mentioned earlier was Burn, uh, which you know was was definitely a very beloved place and another one was the winston which was also very much beloved the winston pub um the winston pub just closed down i think it was about a year ago or something like that uh that was a very sad moment because it, it had been saved so many times before and and finally closed down and um i'd say a lot of Durban bands at least the the better or sort of more successful bands are really hardworking. they they crafters you know they they really. Um, have to put a lot of work in to get out and I, I suppose any scene in South Africa will say they're struggling in some way but like the, the joyback scene compared to us uh, for example is very well supported they've they get good turnouts uh, quite often uh, not necessarily every single gig but and a lot of the big bands come from there as well a lot of the big promoters are there and they all work very hard there to, to do it and they've definitely set a very high standard Cape Town in many ways as well. Um, experience there recently was was absolutely phenomenal as well but also just like some of the stages that they have and some of the venues that they have are you know like we just don't have that in durban we had it briefly with a place called love many years ago which was probably the only thing that comes up to the standards of their top venues um but one thing i will say about the durban scene in recent years it is definitely growing um we've got two promoters that have um over the last year or two, really got it stuck in and, and brought a lot of bands from Jobig and, and all that over, even some internationals. Um, but it's a much smaller scene in many ways, uh, particularly for alternative music in general. Uh, we just don't have the numbers that, that they have in those places. Uh, so that definitely is a factor because, you know, you need money to grow a scene. And um, if promoters aren't making as much as they should or running at loss and stuff, it does make things very difficult. So it's very noble of them to do what they do. Um, but Durban bands, I will say work very hard. And one thing I, I can say is, um, although we're quite far behind the Cape Town and Joburg scene, when we do have bands like, uh, say theater runs red, which is one older band that we, we had yet that did really well. And, and any bands like that, when they do, um, get people's attention, people are often like shocked because the, the quality is right there. It's right up there with, with what's going on in other scenes. Um. It just takes a while longer sometimes for people to notice it. Um, so, yeah, our, our bands work hard. Um, and it's a very small scene and we've got to work very hard to get concerts going. And especially now with literally no venues, the, the promoters have to work very hard. Firstly, that will have venues that will let metal in and also to try try and make it a success and get the numbers. Um, but when we get it right, we get it right very well. I, I can say that.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. Good to hear. Good to hear. And, you know, I'm really looking forward to this now your shows for any listeners that haven't caught them give them the full experience tell us all about them
2: okay um our shows i'd say are very raw in nature um we we like to engage with the crowd as much as we can if we're on a stage that's like almost at floor level we will get off the stage and we will join the mosh pit. um i've had guitars bomb out at shows many times because i've had people step on cables and stuff like that but that that is definitely a big part of what we try to do. We try um engage with the crowd as much as we can. We we try to keep it as energetic as we can. We try not talk too much nonsense. We'll like on the last couple of shows we did, we literally banged out the new EP four songs in a row without really talking to the crowd. And then we chat a little bit and then we get to the um you know the older stuff that we got and so on. So we we try to just keep the ball rolling, get on there, just smack it out. It's thrash metal. So it's gotta be nice and fast and, and sweaty and um that's what we try to. Do. We um, we don't always necessarily get walls of death or circle pits or anything like that, but we do get a lot of people really pushing and <laughs> people going down and all that, uh, and it's all good fun, you know. Um, and that that's definitely what we try to get out. If, if 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 the crowd is there and they're willing, we we will give everything we can on stage as well. Good old traditional headbanging as well. sore necks, <laughs> messy <laughs> hair afterwards, except for myself, of course. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's a good time, I think. And um definitely very, very raw and very um we'll try to keep it as wild as we can.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a good time. And you know, is there any gig out of all the gigs you've played, is there one that you maybe revisit in your head as the most perfect experience you've had?
2: That's a a tough question because there's been so many and like we generally re- I genuinely really appreciate like so many of the good shows that we've had. Um, yeah, there's been a few. Um, definitely, the, the last Cape Town trip we did was very memorable, memorable in many ways. Um, playing Revolver, yeah, for the first time, that that was a good one, and we definitely had a good response from a the crowd there. But I'm trying to think of one in particular. Um, yo. <laughs> um we do play at a venue in the uh, in KZN, so it's our province, but it's not our city, uh, called Howick. And there was one particular show there, I think we played there three or four times already. I think it might have been the second time we played there. Um, where I do this thing where I'll get off the stage, it's quite a low stage, and then we get a lineup of people, they, you know, literally form like a whole wall and they all like, you know cross their arms around each other and they headbang uh, together in the front there. So it's a nice, nasty breakdown we got. So definitely one of those Vern shows I, I would put right up there. Uh, those crowds get wild. <laughs> um, and they're very passionate. Uh, but there's honestly been, been so many. We're really appreciative. Uh, we we haven't had many experiences of like crowds that don't respond well. Uh, one, one that I will point out, actually, now that I think about it, um, our good friend Franz, the planet that you mentioned earlier, um, he had that uh, contest that we did well in there, and he brought a bunch of bands from Joburg for a Durban tour. Uh, and we always get worried with these kind of things because, like I say, Durban can be very hit or miss, but like I say, when Durban gets it right, they really got it right. And both the shows that he did, yeah, with his bands were went really well and were very well received, good turnouts as well. And uh, I play in different bands, so my one band played on the second night, but the first night, which was the metal night uh, at a place called Robson's, that was a good show, that place was packed, that crowd was feeling it, and not just we did well on a night, all the bands did very well on a night as well, but like, that was a pretty crazy mosh pit, and I, I'd, I'd have to put that one up there, I think, because it was with a good friend, good experience, and uh, yeah, just good times all around.
0: Ah, brilliant, brilliant. Now, not to get too negative, but to switch it around, is there a gig you would say was the worst experience you've had, and how did you deal with it?
2: Okay, so there was one in particular. Um, I'm not going to mention the gig or the name because right. I don't want to. Um, I don't want to throw anyone under the bus, but uh, it was a gig that we travelled out for, um, and. I just think the whole event as a whole was was a bit poorly planned, and there was other things going on that that uh, conflicted with it. And um, you, you know, when you just like have a a, a whole row of things um, happening, and like it just kind of tells you you shouldn't do the show or or something like that. Like we should have followed our guts on that. But that being said, the the friendship and the vibes and everything that went on was still really good. Um, it just literally ended up being our worst show ever. Uh, And like I say, we haven't had many shows that we can call disappointing or anything like that, but that one on many levels, unfortunately, was. Uh, But aside from that, the vibes and the bands and everyone there was like a, and uh, it was a good vibe. But yeah, I won't mention names or anything like that because I definitely don't want to bring anyone down. Um, But yeah, there, there, there definitely was one. And it was just the everything that could go wrong went wrong and in south africa we got load shedding as well which you might have read about in the news and stuff and yeah like that was one of the things as well like almost every band on the night was affected by load shedding they had generators but the generators weren't too, working too well at the show as also well. like literally i'm talking about some bands like three stoppages within a set within oh, a man. 30 or 40 minute set yeah. um yeah, was was a horrid experience in many ways, but at least the the vibes between the bands and everything was good, so it, it wasn't completely awful. But yeah,
0: <laughs> at least there were some some positive anyway. And you know, when yeah, it comes yeah. to your when it comes to your stage show, how do you work on it and keep it fresh and exciting for the next show?
2: That is a difficult one. Um, in the beginning, especially, it was difficult when we didn't have a lot of songs and. Um, to this date we haven't played any covers so we've never tried that to like pull anyone or anything like that not that we're against covers it's just not something we ever felt we need to do i think we just try up the game a lot more like uh, our original lineups uh had some inexperienced people and stuff like that so they weren't exactly the most um active on stage but like getting rends in the band on base um he brings a big energy with him. He's got a very good uh, stage presence. So like that kind of thing helps a lot. Um, and he's also uh, taken on backing vocal duty. So it also allows me to engage with the crowd a bit more and and get stuck in there while he can, you know, hold the fort in the mic for a bit. Um, we've now uh, recently uh, introduced a bit of like electronics, not, not like dance music or anything like that, but we've got the pad, which has the, you know, the nice big nasty booms that come <laughs> <laughs> and uh just some like cool intros and stuff like that so I think we always try to bring out new ideas like that like don't be scared to introduce a little bit of electro- electronic. I mean bands like Lorna Shaw and stuff do it greatly you know <laughs> slots lots to prevail and so on so although we maybe perhaps labeled as a thrash band or whatever we do try bring these elements in and um I think we just do try to keep our shows as exciting as possible. If there's a cabinet to climb on on stage, we do it. If there's something to jump off, we'll do it. Um, If you bow, you just take it and shake it off. Um, So, yeah, um, very much uh, a lot of uh, stage theatrics, I think. um, One day we might run out of ideas. We might need some Rammstein pyrotechnics or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. but yeah, we do, we do try bringing new elements as much as we can. One thing we definitely try to do is just be energetic on stage, move as much as possible. And, uh, you know, if you want the crowd to headbang, you've got to headbang. It's as simple as that. Uh, so, so, yeah, I suppose that's one of our mottos.
0: <laughs> right, right. It's a good one. It's a good one. And, you know, if you can talk about it now, what kind of antics do you guys get up to when you're touring around? Any wild parties or anything you can share?
2: Um. Oh, two of us are turning 40 this year and stuff, so we're probably pretty boring in that way. But uh, <laughs> um, some of the members of the band are like uh, proper stoners, so there there are some funny moments that come out from that. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, some of the guys get very talkative, some of the guys get very quiet. Um, yeah, uh, not much. We enjoy good food, I suppose. Uh, yeah, if you asked us 20 years ago, maybe uh, <laughs> if we were abandoned, it would have been very different. I know Dan definitely. If you ever get to interview Dan, he can tell you some stories from his punk rock days as as a young kid. Um, but yeah, not, nothing too exciting really, I suppose. I think we keep that for the stage. Um, but yeah, I think we all got a pretty wicked sense of humor. And um, yeah, we do always, uh, the, the guitarist Warren, we tease him a lot because... Um, We've literally come to like we got the saying, damn it, Warren, like if anything ever goes wrong in your life, it's his fault. I don't actually <laughs> even know how that started, uh, but that's a bit of a running joke. But yeah, uh I suppose we're pretty normal dudes behind the scene, <laughs> not not too much. Uh um, but we do enjoy a good time. Uh and yeah, but Unfortunately, nothing too saucy. (laughs) We're not Led Zeppelin.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And when it comes to show time, then, you know, rituals, pre-show and post-show rituals, how do you kind of get the energy levels up and psych yourself up beforehand? And then afterwards, how do you calm down?
2: Okay, afterwards, is quite difficult. uh, Calming down, I suppose, uh, some of the guys might just have (laughs) joints or something like that just to (laughs) come down um i personally enjoy like chatting to people after the show um i'll try like especially if i recognize people that were really into it i'll try chat to them a lot after the show and like try and get feedback and stuff like that so that that's quite grounding for me um because the buzz does last quite a while afterwards um pre-show rituals um dan is very sort of um i don't want to say stoic in nature but he's very he gets very quiet and he like gets in his own um Renz is a bit of a wilder personality, so he'll, like, get himself sucked up in whichever way, whether it be to warm-up vocals or, or anything like that. Um, I'm very much like that as well in that I, I like to uh, do a lot of vocal warm-ups because otherwise I <laughs> feel like I want to pass out on stage. Um, yeah, funny enough, we don't really do anything too much as a group together. We sort of all get into our own space. Um I don't even know what warren does before show, to be honest (laughs) he might might even might even meditate or something like that um he's so calm in every aspect so like i I really don't know what he gets up to i I do a lot of vocal warm-ups i remember one show i was at a festival so we didn't really have a green room or anything like that so i went to like the one end of the field where we were at and i was doing my vocal warm-ups and this dude actually came up to me like I didn't even see him coming. He comes up to behind me and he's like, are you okay? Like I think he thought I was having an episode or something like that. Like Because I can suppose it looks quite strange. Like I'm screaming and then I'm like bending down because I'm about to pass out or whatever because I'm trying to like, you know, just find my balance and this this poor dude thought something was going on with me. <laughs> um, so that's usually what I'm doing. But yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. it's, um Unwinding, yeah, for me personally, definitely um, – Chatting to people afterwards is, is quite a grounding ex- experience. So just like sort of brings to a live, you know, level ground afterwards. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And what does
2: success mean to you when it comes to your career? Oh, that's a difficult question. Um, because I suppose it's a multi-layered answer. Plus, uh, I think success is very um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh it, it's different for everyone. Um, for me, you know, do I feel my music is relevant? Do I feel it reaches people, especially in metal? It's, it's very difficult to say. I mean, you could be a really big band and still struggle financially, you know. Um, let's be honest, most big bands do struggle financially. they they got to hustle in all sorts of ways, unless you really get a big break like Metallica, then, uh, you know, something on that level. Um, financial success is not a good gauge because then you're never really going to feel successful. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. us fans know what kind of money you spend and what kind of debt you can get into, and so on. Um, but I think relevance is important. Do people like our music? Are people streaming our music? Are people watching our videos? Are people still messaging or um, uh, interested in our music in some way? You know, are people still commenting, like, hey, this song did this for me? Or, you know, especially if people, um, message and like say that the song touched them in some way like um that's quite a rewarding moment and i think that's a moment of success also like how do crowds respond to your shows are they into it or they just kind of standing there politely watching um that's why if i can get a crowd going that I, i regard that as a sign of success you know um do do they respond to antics when you put your hand up and you know try and get them to scream are they screaming like um those are measures of success that i see because you know the success yeah it is a multi-layered word um if you go on financial success uh, financial success is obviously a thing and if you're selling merch or doing well that's that's obviously a good sign but um for me personally it would be irrelevant, especially being in the metal genre you know if i was in pop or something like that then maybe it would matter a little bit more in terms of numbers and stuff like that but for me i'll keep doing this if people are still interested and that i regard as successful and if my music Touch a person on a, a deeper level, or well, that's even better. Then that's a better uh, line of success because then, long after the band has gone, that song or oh, this band might mean something to them still. Um, so yeah, for me personally, that's what I regard as success.
0: Good one, yeah, I like that one now. And uh, you know, is there any like bucket list items or achievements you want to take off the list in the future?
2: Definitely a few, um, uh, uh, some of them have been achieved, uh, like one was to, to get to play with Alvodinia, especially considering that we, we worked with Chris, you know, uh, on such a close level. So getting to perform with them and their Durban show this year, that, that was definitely one off the bucket list. Um, I've had a few, like in terms of size of crowds that I'd like to play or, or venues, um. So playing at, uh, we got Sonage, which is a venue here in Joburg, which is a very nice venue. We got the opportunity to play there last year. They got beautiful lighting there and everything. So that's definitely one of the bucket lists. Um, one that I didn't have previously until I found out how fantastic the venue was, but Daisy Jones in Cape Town, uh, we got to play there on this recent tour we did now. Um, and that, that was definitely a, a bucket list moment because that's also just a gorgeous venue and um, just such a good vibe there. Um, Definitely, some bands that I perhaps like to play with. Obviously, sharing a stage with Lamb or God would be amazing. Um, that that would truly be a great opportunity, in my opinion. Um, I've I've had goals in terms of you know what we've released. Fate of Visions one and two was definitely part of that to make the collective album. I know Warren's got a very big one. Um, he would definitely like to get something of ours on vinyl. So when that becomes feasible and when we feel we've got a good enough following to make that mass order for that, uh, that would definitely be a moment for them. Uh The, the Metal Hammer feature, that's definitely one. Um, and that that's one that I never actually thought would happen. Like if you told younger version of myself that that would happen, I would never believe it. Uh, so that's a big one that, that's been jotted off. Um, playing overseas would be really cool. Um, we've got wonderful support from overseas and, and wonderful feedback. So it would be nice to actually play one of those countries maybe and see some of those uh, instagram followers or something in person and see them at a show rocking out that that would definitely um be a big moment i think uh some of that is in the works so if, if the funds are there and promoters or whatever are on board that that would definitely be a great one to achieve
0: yeah brilliant brilliant and before we dive into the last couple of questions then future plans for the rest of the year lay it all out
2: first okay well um Cape Town was a big one that we got got out the way now. So that's Stephanie and we we launched our album there, or launched the EP there rather. Um, that was a good one. Um, we do have a festival that we're playing in September. Uh, it's called the SA uh, Open Air Festival from Doors Rock Radio. Worked with Doors Rock Radio before, fantastic people. And um, we did a, a headline tour with them a few years back as well in Joburg, which was really good. Looking forward to that festival. and the night we're playing, we are... Literally on a lineup with, minus Volvodinia, you know, all the biggest metal bands that you can find in South Africa, or at least most of them. Um, and we're in a pretty good slot in that lineup as well, of, uh, Like as as the stage starts getting hot. So that's a nice one that we're really looking forward to. Um, that's officially, I think, our last show for the year. We do have um, a free show that we need to do in Durban because one of our shows, we had a touring band here from Joburg with us. And uh, that show actually got shut down by the police <laughs> because oh, of man. those complaints. <laughs> like I said, we don't have proper venues yet, so these kind of things can happen. Like we've got wonderful venues, but I mean, they're not you know, um, music venues as such. Um, so we've got a free show that we've got to make up for that. Uh, just a way to say thank you to everyone that came on the night and got to see the first band play and so on. So that's something in the works. Um, aside from that, I'm not too sure if any good opportunities come uh we'll take it on uh otherwise just uh pushing the album we do have a music video coming out that we're really looking forward to that has a very special guest on it um so that's uh, something to look forward to in the near future um otherwise just planning we we really would like to get overseas next year sometime so i suppose just raising as much funds as we can for that and uh, getting as much stuff out there to get interest for that and then yeah
0: brilliant brilliant well hopefully uh We'll get to see you over this side of the world next year anyway. And uh, we'll we'll dive into the last couple. These are a couple of random questions now, but I'm interested to see your answers. So if you could see any performer musician from history in concert for one night only, who would it be?
2: Ooh. Um that is such a tough one because <laughs> there's so many. Uh, for me, for me personally, what am I going to say? I think I'm going to have to go with Jimi Hendrix. Um, You know, I could say Led Zeppelin or any of these other bands that I really love, maybe Cream. But uh, I just think for what Hendrix has done for me and what he's done for the guitar world as a whole, um, you know, a a lot of these older artists, I think sometimes their influence is a bit underappreciated. Not that I'm saying he's underrated, clearly he's not, but... Um, I just think seeing that live would be something else. Um, you know, feeling that music and being in front there, I think that that could be quite something, yeah.
0: <laughs> Without a doubt. Jeez. And uh, if you had to be locked in a room with any musician from history for 24 hours, who would it be?
2: Oh, well, now I've got to think about personalities as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh that is a tough question. Um, feels like there's so much weight on this answer. Uh, <laughs> can we come back to that one? So I can think about it.
0: If you, the, the, <laughs> the next one is harder, though. I will say that. Okay. Well, let's see. <laughs> what song would appear on the soundtrack to your life?
2: Oh, goodness! See you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> soundtrack of my life um, oh goodness um, I think Led Zeppelin's Thank You um, and yeah just to say thank you to like the amazing people that I've I've had to experience in my life and like just special moments and stuff like that uh, it's just a beautiful song that I really like as well um, yeah yeah Definitely, definitely that one. I think either that or some post rock song because I really enjoy post rock a lot. Um, yeah. <laughs> right, right.
0: Very good choice there. And before I let you go, Danny, you want to try answer the other one or are you leaving it?
2: Okay. I think I'm going to answer this one with someone that I actually know. Uh, he's a Fingerstar guitarist here in South Africa, and his name is uh, Gabatri. And I think twenty four hours with him could be cool because he's got some good stories and and awesome hobbies that he's into. He's like a bird watcher and stuff like that. <laughs> and I have I, I do know him personally. And but yeah, I think a full twenty four hours could be interesting. Like, will we irritate each other? Will we not? <laughs> um, and yeah, just pick his brain on knowledge because, like, uh, aside from metal stuff, I do enjoy the the finger style guitar side. So. Yeah, I think I could definitely pick his brain quite a bit on
0: that. <laughs> right. Brilliant answer. Brilliant answer. You're actually the first person ever to pick someone you actually personally know.
2: <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, I think in 24 hours, like I don't want to be disappointed for 24 hours by someone that I looked up to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that's really a good cool. way to
0: look at it. All right.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. right. Reno, listen, I've really enjoyed Now, genuinely, it's been a blast. Thanks a million.
2: Yeah. Thank you so much. This was. Uh, Really a fun interview. Thank you so much for this, man.
1: A bunction the gut! The air leaves your lungs! They spit in your face and tell you they lie! Yeah!
0: enjoyed this episode if you did please rate and review us on itunes and spotify and if you're interested in signing up the band builder academy use the link in the show notes below and enter the code concerts and you'll receive 10% off so until next time keep rocking hey hey what are you guys still doing there the show is over